Kick it and go. Kick it and kick it and go. Welcome guys to full 10 yards and it is Kieran's corner time. We are here for the best time of the year. It is the NFL awards. This is going to be a lot better than Steve Harvey or Seth Meyers powering around on stage for the NFL awards. It is me and in the booth today, I have got my college colleague with you, Liam. Oh, hey, how are we doing? Hi, yeah. Kieran, how are you? Yeah, good mate. Finally get to talk NFL uh, amongst ourselves as we're normally restricted to the college side of the ball. But today we're going to go through the NFL's best and well, sometimes not brightest in some of these awards. It's one of the reasons I was really happy to come on because like we've been spending the whole season doing college football and my own like personal NFL coverage and that's wavered a little bit. So yeah, the chance to go through these is going to be great. Well, I think some of these awards probably a lot different to what they would have uh, been voting in week eight. I, I mean, your own quarterback, Russell Wilson, was pretty much front runner for most of the season for a lot of some of these awards. Yeah, he tied, he'd had it tied up, hadn't he? And then, uh, yeah, we've got into the uh, the business end of the season and really unlike the Seahawks when we kind of get better as the season goes on, we've gone in reverse this time and... Yeah, he died. Yeah, I don't know what the odds were by the time we got to the end of the playoffs for him to get MVP. But yeah, he was out of it, wasn't he? It went from let Russ cook to don't let him near a microwave, I think, towards the end of the season, which I think was a little bit unfortunate given how we started out. But, uh, you know, we've had some big surprises come through. Guys like Baker Mayfield have really shone in the latter half of this season, especially with their victory against Pittsburgh last week. I think that was probably one of the most perf- uh, impressive performances he's had at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, all of the uh, the winners that in the playoffs really stepped up. Unfortunately for us, the Rams really stepped up. Um, you know, we'd only got a victory over them a couple of weeks before. And yeah, that game you mentioned was great. Um, both the games in the AFC were really, really, really good and tough ones to call. And um, uh, especially the, uh, yeah, the Titans-Ravens game as well. That was great. Yeah, it was good stuff. Well, before we get into the awards proper, who, who are your picks for this weekend? Because we're recording on the Saturday uh, before the Bills versus Ravens and Packers versus Rams. Uh, so I get your picks for today and tomorrow. I'm going Packers and I'm going Bills because I think the Bills have got what it takes to go all the way in the AFC. So I've kind of picked them. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick them to go all the way. And uh, I think the Packers at home. Yeah, the Rams defense, as they've shown, is 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 really kind of playoff ready. But I think Packers, uh, Packers are the ones there to to get that job done. Yeah, I'm excited for the Devontae Adams versus uh, Jalen Ramsey matchup. That's going to be one for the ages. I think those two. Uh, it's going to be great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, top of their game, those two. So it's going to be interesting to see them. And then tomorrow, we've obviously got Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs, Browns, and Bucks, Saints. Uh, my my weekend picks. I've gone Packers. Bills, Bucks, and Browns, which is, you know, a little bit controversial, but I think the Browns have what it takes to beat the Chiefs. And I did say whoever beats the Chiefs wins the Super Bowl. But uh, if it's Browns Packers, I might have to take Packers in that one personally. Bold, bold Sunday picks. But yeah, I get it. I'm going back. The Bucks Saints is the toughest one for me. Um, but I'm going to go Chiefs to beat the Browns. I think that the Chiefs all, I think the Chiefs have got enough. And um, yes, they're probably weaker than last season, but I think the Chiefs will have enough to get it done at home. I think I'm going to pick the Bucks. I'm going to go with you on that one. I think that the Bucks and the Saints, there's some familiarity there. There's a big rivalry, uh, obviously, uh, in the division there. And I think the I think the Bucks have have it have them matched up well there. I think they can go to New Orleans and get that done. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, so. Let, let's start with the most important award, which is obviously MVP. And just need to give a shout out to Mick, Mitch Trubisky, who won MVP. Just your, um... What was that? Sorry, mate. You have to start and repeat it again because you just cut out a little. Oh, okay. All right. And let's get into the most it's important just, yeah. award. 
which is MVP. Now, I need to give a shout out to Mitch Trubisky, who won Nickelodeon MVP uh, in the play- playoff wildcard weekend. Uh, the most fun award I have ever seen given. But we have decided to give the MVP award to Aaron Rodgers. You know, well-deserved this season, I think, Liam. He's ended with 4,299 yards, 48 touchdowns and five picks. Talk about exceptional. 48 touchdowns. Uh, That's Yeah, that's the one that stands out to me. And given how the season started, or rather the preseason started with the draft, drafting a quarterback in round one, not getting a wide receiver, which... You can argue whether he truly wanted or not. Devontae Adams has proved himself to be like a top, top receiver. But you kind of felt like this was lighting a fire under Aaron Rodgers, everything that happened preseason. And he's gone out there and uh, he's proved that. It's certainly what my thought process was preseason, that um, you're going to have a fired up Aaron Rodgers this year. And yeah, those those stats you just read out. Yeah, MVP worthy. Really, really strong season. Yeah, he handled the drafting of... of love honestly like a veteran he he just showered the kid with praise and then carried on and went about his job which is a real veteran move and real classy move from Aaron Rodgers given some of uh, some people's preconceived notions of him in the past he's kind of looked at a little bit arrogant but I think uh, when you come out of a statement like a down year for me is a career year for most quarterbacks you know I think I think you've earned you know, a little bit of cockiness. So, so I will give him props to that. That was probably one of my favourite sound bites of the entire year. Yeah, mine too. I love that. But uh, pre-season and in early season, this list could have looked a lot different. I think pre-season, a lot of people were maybe thinking of Christian McCaffrey to be in the MVP yeah. race before he got injured. And then obviously guys like Russell Wilson were sort of, you know, there up until the late stage of the season. And, you know, second place in a lot of people's votes was actually Josh Allen this year, which was uh, not a surprise to me, but I think some people are uh, surprised to him. He's he's upgraded his mechanics ridiculously. He came out, he throws the ball completely differently and his accuracy improved uh, so much more this year. Did you, did you see a notable improvement in Josh Allen? Uh, yeah massively yeah and like it's not just on the the stat line is it it's just like you say watching him play and being able to move the ball in it like he's in charge of that offense now there's like they're rebuilding the run game they're like they're reworking uh the receiving core around him as well and he's just he's just taking it all in and it's it's becoming his offense whether or not the same coaching staff is going to be there next season to help him that remains to be seen but they, you know, there's a there's a really strong young quarterback there running an offense now in Josh Allen, and there's no no qualms with him getting votes for MVP this season. Yeah, he should be right up there. And Diggs was a massive acquisition for the Bills, and uh, another like player who's been massive for them, who's not really been talked about, is actually Cole Beasley, who's had an incredible yeah. year. Like Dig Diggs is double covered a lot of the time, he still gets open, but then you've got Cole Beasley in there who. I think they probably should have put it running back <laughs> uh, yeah. after Moss went down. But yeah, the, the, this team has no problems moving the ball. And I actually like their offense. I feel like their offense is even more explosive than the Chiefs this year. I think once the Bills get a running game, they're probably a sure lock to make it to the AFC Championship game every year, especially behind that defense. Yeah, I picked them to win. Like I say, I picked them to win the AFC this year. I think they've, they're the team that can give the Chiefs the most trouble. Um, you're right about Cole Beasley. He's really, really, really good. Uh, always has been quite a reliable receiver. And I think it was, I think it was a Monday night game when they beat the Steelers, where he had a really, really strong game. That was a really, I, I knew obviously the two teams going into that were on really strong runs. And yeah, he showed up in that game, and he was he was wide receiver one for that game. They just kept going to him. So yeah, completely agree. He, him and Diggs really, really help, really help that offense move the ball through the air. Yeah, and that, that Steelers team they played had a lot of momentum at that point. They were, what, like 11-1? and one? I think yeah. I know they were coming off a tough loss to the Washington football team, but say what you want, that is a very strong team defensively. The only problem Washington actually has is their offense right now. So let, let's move on to uh, a award that's probably going to be contentious, given the two players who are in the front running for that. And they're... Because it's the offensive side we're doing this week, it's the offensive 
Rookie of the Year. Now, this came down to literally one vote. And I say that because I pretty much had to use myself as a tiebreaker, which I think is unfair. But, you know, we're all four biased, especially <laughs> on the college podcast. So we're Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm sorry, Justin Herbert. We've gone for the best Justin in the league, and that's Justin Jefferson. What a year he's had. As a rookie, he's come in. He's broke tons of Randy Moss's records. 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. What a rookie year for this kid. I do like the rookie awards as an NFL draft writer. It's always great to see who can kind of build on the momentum. And you look at team prospect fits as well. Justin Jefferson going to the Vikings was, yeah, just a really, really good uh, pick. Really, really good matchup in itself. And then, yeah, the season that he's had, the uh, the stat line, like you say, breaking rookie record set by somebody like Randy Moss. You can't argue. You can't argue with that. And just just really like looks good doing it. Like you said before we came on, the guy's been getting highlight reels, just showing his route running and having fun doing it. Love the celebrations, everything he's bought. There's a lot of positive energy that he's brought to that offense as well. And shame that they couldn't build on it as a whole and as the season went on. But yeah, individually, um, he got my vote as uh, offensive rookie of the year. So yeah, Justin Jefferson, well worth it. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me of Ocho Cinco because his roots are ridiculously clean. And, you know, the way he plays the ball is fantastic. Now, I know seven touchdowns is probably a little bit underwhelming, uh, but it's a rookie year and 1,400 yards is nothing to be scoffed at. He was targeted 125 times, which is, you know, not not overly, uh, you know, not a massive number compared to, like, number one veteran receivers, but he's jumped into a team where they've already got Adam Phelan as the established wide receiver one and kind of stole the show from Adam Phelan in a way. And obviously he's taken over the NFL with the gritty, which everyone has been doing. I mean, even Kirk Cousins, Adam Phelan did it and they're the two whitest people I've ever seen in my entire life. So that they even managed to try and get it down to a, to a point, but yeah, Justin Jefferson <laughs> yeah. has been, yeah, he, he's been unreal. I, I, I know this is kind of like looked at as LSU bias from me, but I said he was the best receiver in this draft and, you know, not to say I told you so everyone else, but I told you so I, I, I actually like saying that um, <laughs> after a while we'll, we'll get into that yes. on the defensive uh, awards as well. Um, but yeah, he, he's been absolutely fantastic, but we've got to give an honorable mention to Justin Herbert, who smashed a bunch of rookie quarterback yes. records as well. I mean, he's been yeah. playing out of his damn mind. Now, before the draft, me and Lee sort of had a, a disagreement, let's say, because I said Justin Herbert was basically um, Mitch Trubisky. I said that that was his, that was what he was going to be. But he went out and proved me wrong. 31 touchdowns, 10 picks, 4,336 yards, he didn't even play all 16 games. He only started... What week did he start? Um, he started against KC, uh, you know, but then missed a couple games. Uh, and then Tyrod Taylor had his lung punctured by probably the worst doctor in the NFL, let's be honest. Um, and from then on, the job was his. And you got to feel sorry for Tyrod Taylor. I think this is sort of his career at this point is young QBs come in uh, when he has a horrible accident and end up stealing the show, which, you know, just like I, I was, I've got to say, I was probably wrong about Justin Herbert. I'll give the old, got to give him another year. Uh, but yeah, I think I was wrong about him and he's been, you know, he's played out of his damn mind this season. So I want to give a big shout out to him because were you impressed with him, especially when you saw him against the oh, Chiefs? Big time. On? Yeah, big time. He's yeah, he has. He's um the people that the, the pros on him coming into the draft is what he's kind of built on and what is there. And then he's been able to you can see that he's worked his credits to the Chargers and their offensive coaches that they've obviously they've worked with with him obviously quickly, like you say, to get him in as soon as possible and then uh, to have the season that he's had and to set the records that is similar to, to Jefferson setting those sorts of uh, records as uh, rookie records. Um, yeah. Really, really, really strong. The, the next step, as you say, 
give them another year is to start winning more games because that's been the the issue. And yes, the Chargers as a whole, they've had some some real issues injury wise, which unfortunately isn't anything new. And probably, like you say, that the quality of the doctors that they've got there to start puncturing their quarterbacks' lungs maybe speaks to what's been going on with their injury record. But uh, once, hopefully for them, they get everybody fit and healthy and get a proper team on all sides of the ball. And and Herbert's capable now. He's shown to, to lead them pretty soon. Yeah, he's, he's just been incredible. And his arm is one thing that really impressed me. We saw at the, I think it was the senior bowl when he was taking warm-ups, he was throwing 60 yarders flat-footed with, with barely any rotation. Yeah, like he's... you go back... You go back 12 months uh, before he was drafted and he was meant to be the next guy before Joe Burrow did his thing at LSU and just went from being a, a day two or three guy to the number one pick. And when we we knew that Tua needed another year at Alabama, which was then cut short through injury, Herbert was the guy who was going to be getting the, the top five at least look in terms of the next quarterback prospect and he kind of got forgotten about with his last season at Oregon in terms of going that high in the first round and being like a number one's pick consideration but um yeah he still worked his way into a high pick with the Chargers and uh yeah yeah really worth considering when you're talking about how good offensive rookies have been this year do you, do you think he was sort of uh, hamstrung in his last year at Oregon with poor offensive play calling from their, their offensive coordinator? Because I didn't like him at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I had him. I had him QB three. But um, yeah, you, I think he was getting. I think some of the 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 negatives that were being placed on his name, I don't think were as as fair as... Uh, I think that he was throwing the ball better than people said. I think that the the, the arm talent, as in the uh, the strength, and was definitely there. The accuracy was better than people were saying. I think that there was er- everything there uh, that you uh, that a good offensive coach uh, would, would like to have a go at, and uh, and that's exactly what's happened with him. Like you say, got a little bit held back in a, in a challenging and troubled Oregon offense, but yeah, Definitely not not surprised that he's he's done what he's done. Do you think this award uh, goes to someone different if Joe Burrow doesn't take that terrible injury that he goes down with earlier in the season? I don't think uh, it does. Okay. But I don't know. How do you? Um, it's how you value wins as well, isn't it? Because I I see. I think Herbert needed to win a few more games because he did. He was there was a few really nice games that he played and they just weren't getting the Ws. Yeah, the same you- with Burrow. Same with Burrow. It, it, it would have been interesting to see how that season played out. If he could have, could have won them a couple more games than what they ended up winning, then yeah, maybe. And and also numbers-wise, we talked about the numbers Rogers put up. Joe Burrow was putting up good numbers before he went down. Yeah, Joe Burrow was looking phenomenal. And I, 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 I don't think I'm over-exaggerating when I say he's, his ball placement is already some of the best in the NFL. That kid knows how to play football. And I think that's something that's going to come with time with Justin Herbert as well is he's got this huge arm. Now he's just got to refine it and refine it. And we've seen that guys like Patrick Mahomes. If you started Patrick Mahomes week one when he come in the NFL, he would have been terrible. You know, he can throw for 730 summit yards in a college game, but it wasn't a win, so that's that's what I think matters a lot, uh, especially in these rookie records, is how many wins you can get. And you know, Justin Jefferson had the stats and wins with a much better team, who actually kind of disappointed me this year. But uh, let's get on to a, a fun award, and I think this is a foregone conclusion: uh, comeback player of the year. Oh no, sorry, wrong order. Offensive player. <laughs> Let's come to our next award, and that is Offensive Player of the Year. I think this is probably a foregone conclusion. He was an MB- MVP favourite. I'm just going to come out and say it. Derek the Beast Henry. Who else have you seen oh, yeah. have a season like this in recent memory? He was absolutely phenomenal. Pounding the rock this season. 2,027 yards, 17 touchdowns. He's a scary man, isn't he, Liam? He got my MVP vote. Um, that's how that's how highly I'm thinking of him at the moment. To be able, like you said, 2,027 yards rushing. Only the eighth player in NFL history to achieve a 2,000-yard rushing season, plus all those rushing touchdowns. And during, like, you know, this it's a pass-heavy time, a pass-heavy era in the NFL at the moment. To do that, yes, the Titans build their defense 
to run at you with Henry, but still the 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 yards, the the um the touchdowns all through the air, it's no coincidence that they're at an all time high at the moment. It's past every NFL nowadays. And to do all of that, I, I just thought it was so impressive. And he um like I say, you know, we Aaron Rodgers has got the uh, the MVP award here, but my vote went to Derek Henry on this one. I really think that to have a monster season like that on the ground, that's an MVP season. That's how good he is. Yeah, and this is not to discount his quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was a guy I actually had in the MVP race for a lot of this season. He's been impressive. So to then, you know, have a quarterback who could potentially contend for an MVP and still put up 2,000 yards on the ground, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, he he really didn't do much with his, his first couple seasons at Tennessee. So I, I think his first two seasons, he was under... 800 yards both seasons and his first season was 490 yards so he really come out and I, I think probably probably the best running back in the NFL right now if we're looking at it just by yeah I think so yeah yeah he, he just runs people over he's a downhill runner and you know we've seen what he's ended Josh Norman's career this year just through you know sheer embarrassment <laughs> I mean the only person who said they're willing to tackle him is his teammate AJ Brown so you this guy, you got to give props to him, but do you, do you see his running style becoming a problem in the future for like him, you know, his own health? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There's the, there's always that case for the lack of longevity in running backs, isn't there? I, I like, just like what you said, I like the way that he's just improved and he's just got better and better. And he came into the NFL in the same class as Zeke Elliott and who was going to be RB1 for most people that, that year. And, and Henry's, he's just, um, yeah, he's just worked at it. And the Titans, to their credit, they realised what they got. Like I say, yes, they're building their their pass game, but they they everyone knows that they're probably the most run first offense, especially in the AFC at the moment. And yeah, they just they just work towards getting in the ball. And like I say, he is going to run through people. Longevity wise, it is a really good point because we've seen so many guys now. Running back is a kind of a short term project nowadays. But uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Because uh, you're not going to uh, be able, he's going to hit you harder than you can hit him. That's for sure. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, I was actually reading a fun stat about him yesterday. Uh, when he was in high school, they had a Derrick Henry rule where if yes. his team was up 21 zip, he had to come out of the game, which I think really speaks to how exceptional the guy's yeah. been. He's also the only player in history as far as I could find to have a 2000 yard season rushing in high school, college and the NFL. So mm. the, the guy, the guy was a born runner. And like you said, Zeke was running back one coming into the season. They were both drafted, but you know, Zeke sort of had an off season this year, a lot of fumbles. And I think potentially that could be down to the sleeves he's wearing. I know, I know that's probably an outlandish theory, but that nylon is uh, not too grippy on a football. So that could have something to do with it. But yeah, uh, Derek Henry, I think this, this, this award was definitely going to be between him and Christian McCaffrey. If he'd stayed healthy and McCaffrey, you know, hadn't been as close to, uh, MVP as I thought he was, but I do also think we should give a shout out to Alvin Kamara, who, who was yes. the leading receiver and rusher on the Saints yes. this year, which is, you know, talk about a dual threat guy. And it's a good point about McCaffrey, because you know that's what McCaffrey's all about. You can line both of them, you can line them up in the past game, and they're going to run the ball for you as well, a lot more to their game than what Derrick Henry brings. And you saw like the, the six touchdown game for Kamara was just the, yeah, just great and um yeah like you say McCaffrey being having a full season would have been really interesting next season like I'm sure he'll be back and uh yeah he'll be well in the conversation I will just throw in because we were mentioning the Derek Henry Zeke Elliott um comparisons there in draft year I, I did have Derek Henry as RB1 and Zeke RB2 so I'm feeling quite proud of myself uh, the way that their careers are kind of panning out at the moment how, how did you feel the first two years of Derek Henry's career did you feel like you'd missed on just that wait and, yeah yeah wait and see yeah wait and see <laughs> no I just kept using the excuse that the Cowboys have the best O-line in the league and that's the reason for it and <laughs> I mean that was probably a lot of the reasons Zeke was so good because we've seen this year that O-line's not been up to par and he's been terrible yeah, he's well. Yeah, he's having fumble, fumbling issues now, isn't he? Which he I didn't remember him having to this extent before. But um, 
yeah, it's really uh, it speaks to the the whole um, the running back uh, class at the moment in the NFL with the Kamaras and the McCaffreys. We've got Saquon Barkley to come back as well next season for the Giants. He's going to be well up there in terms of the best running backs in uh, in football. Yeah, yeah, a, a position that's kind of underappreciated, especially in terms of the money they get paid. We've seen that with guys like Le'Veon Bell you know, having these contract disputes, but teams don't think they're worth it. And it is understandable for a position that could potentially just be gone at any point. Uh, Yeah, their their draft value suffers for it. So you don't get as many uh, first round running backs as you used to. They're always like, you can kind of sneak into that in 20 to 30 range in the first round, but it's all to do with that. It's all to do with, like you say, fifth year option and longevity. They're just not as valued anymore. Yeah, which is a shame because, you know, we used to guys like Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, are, you know, definitely some of the best players in football, regardless of position. So seeing these guys probably maybe not getting appreciated in the next few years when they come into a contract year is, a you know, a little bit disappointing. But let's get on to comeback player of the year. I think everyone knows who it's going to be. It's Alex Smith. He's yeah, got gone, my vote. Yeah, he's gone from nearly losing a leg to nearly death, yes. to coming back and playing in the NFL within two years. You know, a lot of people said he'd never play football again. Doctor said he might lose his leg. He nearly died at one point. So, you know. Be- so that's a comeback, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You've gone from death to an NFL starter again. In- death to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exceptional uh, for him. And when his first game back, he, he took a sack off. Aaron Donald and I thought his leg was going to go again because that leg looks like you know it looks like a cheese string it's not healthy uh but you know props for him for coming back in and yeah looking reasonable he's definitely not the Alex Smith he was in San Francisco but he came in and Mm. he gave it a great go and you know props to the guy I if I had an injury like that and I was a multi multi multi-millionaire I probably wouldn't come back to the sport if I'm going to be honest with you, but you know, at drive mm. and fire, he's he's that sort of quarterback. So, you know, massive shout out to Alex Smith. He's just been fantastic. Are you you were saying about Alex Smith? Yeah, yeah. Abs. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like I say, he got my vote, and I don't think anyone's going to like begrudge begrudge that. It can't really um, can't really fault the guy. And like you say, the the comeback and and everything is a great story and then but then to do it and play at the level that he did and okay played didn't play all season but no doubt about it had a massive hand in Washington getting to uh, uh getting to the playoffs and um I've always said that I uh, I've always liked Alex Smith and I've had debates about uh, maybe it's because of him being a former number one overall pick that uh people kind of uh like to kind of put him down a little bit but I think yeah he's had a great career and to be able to come back in that fashion uh yeah props to him yeah i think honorable mentions but the stories aren't quite as impressive is uh alden smith yeah. of the cowboys he yeah you know came back looked great all year probably a, a rare light spot on this absolutely turgid cowboys defense that has just looked <laughs> uh, let's be honest that you know they might as well have been the ones defending the Capitol building with the amount of crap they let through. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that, that's where they yeah they're gonna that's where they're gonna be building, isn't it? Or well, where they've got to build all over that defensive side. They're having problems. And also, probably a guy not maybe looked at for this award, but Baker Mayfield had a terrible year last year. Terrible first year head coach mm. in Freddie Kitchens, and he's really bounced back this year with the help of Kevin Stefanski, a hire who. You know, a lot of people are on the fence about. I know Cleveland fans, like we know So Yacht, friend of the show, he was yep. not super happy about that hiring. And uh, I, I know a lot of diehard Browns fans weren't super key on the hiring too, but Stefanski and Mayfield have showed out. So honourable mention there to Baker Mayfield. He, he's had a fantastic year so far and it's still going for him. That's a really good call. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. They've... Um... Yeah, he's playing playing really well. They've re- really built the offense really well around him. Really loved their last draft as well. Um, yeah, he and when you watch um, watch the Browns, like the last playoff victory, the first round of the playoffs, like um, yeah, by the second half, it, yeah, you knew that they were they were well on their way. Yeah, so let's move to you know uh, an award 
that uh, I think probably is a foregone conclusion as well. But a couple couple guys came up late for it, and it is coach of the year. Oh yeah, uh, we've gone with Brian Flores because okay, I called it before the beginning of the season. I said it on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. and I got so much flack. I said this Miami defense is going to be top eight. And people said, why top eight? I said, because they're a lot better than top 10. But obviously, they don't have all the pieces yet. Well, they kind of proved me wrong in a sense. They were top eight, but they were also like top one in almost every category. <laughs> uh, and Brian Flores taking the, the Miami Dolphins finished 10 and six. And obviously, they missed the playoffs because of how the playoffs work in the NFL. Miami Dolphins probably one of the biggest surprises for me, actually, this season. But, the, you know, yeah. Brian Flores has done great things with that team. Did you like what he did with that defense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the defense has been built so well. Um, some of the young guys that they've brought in, um, Christian Wilkins, one of my favorite D-linemen in the league. Um, what they did on offense as well, I think that it like really interesting how they were able to coach and bring Tour in when they could and having a guy like Fitzmagic to bring him on. It's a perfect situation for a young rookie quarterback, I think, to have a guy like that who's you can share the field with when you need to. And yeah, Flores at the centre of it. He's got to get so much credit for it and how he's built that. And like you say, defensively is where they've really shown out. Yeah, he's obviously a defensive coach, comes from the Belichick coaching tree. And I think a lot of people are apprehensive given how Matt Patricia's tenure in, you know, Detroit had started. But Brian Flores has shown that yeah. he, is, he is a lot better than that. And he's done some great things in Miami. And obviously they picked up some big free agents, guys like Kyle Van Noy, who had been having absolutely great years for the Patriots and then parlayed that into that continued success for Miami. You know, they've also got a guy who's probably you know, in contention for defensive player of the year, guys like Xavier Howard, this defense. Oh man. Interception leader this season, wasn't he Howard? Yeah. I, yeah, I, really I, good thought, shout. I thought JC Jackson uh, was maybe going to have him for that, but you know, it was great to see the AFC East has just been absolute stud defenses this year. I mean, Bill's Patriots and Miami, although Patriots don't have the wins there, their defense has been stout all season. So it's been mm. great to see these three teams get to play each other as much as they did. And then they got their bye weeks versus the Jets twice a year, which was fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, this Brian Flores, I think, deserves so much credit because he's yeah. done... I think a lot of people, especially after last year, when, the, you know, it it was obviously a purposeful tank. But, you know, last year, I think people were writing them off because people sort of forget that you can go from, uh, you know, worst to first almost uh, in that sense. And they went from zero to hero very, very quickly. Yeah, they did well tanking for Tua because they didn't even tank all the way to number one and they still got him. They managed to get him at five. And uh, yeah, like you say, it was a bit of an obvious tank. For the uh, award, uh, I, my vote went to Matt Lafleur of the Packers, and obviously we've already spoke about Aaron Rodgers, so I don't want we don't need to cover the Packers too much because I'm sure they'll come up again with these awards because of their season. But I think it was I bought in the um, the season that they had last year. Of course, Matt Lafleur, first year head coach last year, went 13 and three. That was impressive. Went 13 and three again this year, and that's that's some some start to an NFL career as a head coach. Yeah, you've got these young coaches sort of coming in the league now and, you know, they're really impressing everyone. Cliff Kingsbury is a guy who I think held back the Cardinals this year, given their roster. But you look at guys like Sean McVay and Sean McVay's made such an impression on the league that you have lunch with him. You're basically getting a coordinator's job in the NFL or college at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think LaFleur's from that sort of class. He's young. He's got great ideas. He doesn't have bad habits like older head coaches have. And he doesn't have any preconceived notion of how football's supposed to be played, which you get from a lot of older coaches. And he's really built this great thing with Aaron Rodgers. And I think He's probably he, he must be the same age as Aaron Rodgers, right? He's he's only thirty. Yeah, they're going to be close, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it must must be weird being a starting quarterback and your coach is you know maybe a couple months younger than you. But you know, fun, fun situation for the league, and we've obviously seen Sean McVay do wonders, and I think Matt Lafleur is going to come into his own and say what you want about it being Aaron Rodgers. He you know he he has one Pro Bowl lineman and one Pro Bowl receiver, but that's it. He doesn't really have many other weapons there, and. You know, the yeah. run game isn't exceptional with um, Aaron Jones and 
AJ Dillon, is it? Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, fun guys, but, you know, they're not top-level running backs. And uh, They're still progressing. Dillon's just in his rookie year. He, and you've he, got, like, so much to work with there. With it. Like, he's a massive guy. He looks like a fullback. Yeah, he um, might actually kill a man in this offseason because he's agreed to do an Oklahoma drill with Boston Connor from the Pat McAfee show. So, uh, Excellent. Yeah, I think Boston Connor should probably wear pads and start with the ball because AJ Dillon looks like he's wearing pads when he's just wearing a T-shirt. He is an absolutely yep. gigantic human being. He looks like Eddie Lacy if Eddie Lacy worked out. it was It's kind of, you know, you know, crazy there. So from that, the next award winner is a great segue actually overachiever and it's actually another member of the Packers we've gone for Robert Tonyan who mm. has just come out of nowhere it feels like yep yeah really really good really good season and um I had with his limited time that he had last year I looked up some of his stat lines and he did okay last year as well with some of the games that he was in but to have the uh, like the full season in the offense and to yeah, do what he did. Yep. Again, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are controlling your offense. But yeah, that's that's a great, great uh, recipient of that award for sure. Yeah, only 586 yards, but 11 touchdowns. And given that his past two years, he's only ever had one touchdown on the yeah. year. You know, he's, he's also had 52 receptions on 59 targets. Dude just seems always open for it. And he's been playing obviously at tight end exceptional year really really nice yeah they they like their tight ends in green bay like actually you brought up eddie lacy they like their big running backs it's the but the the tight end uh they like uh having tight ends coming through there don't they especially with rogers in recent years and actually before that with Favre, they there's um there's always good tight end work in in uh in green bay they drafted at least one maybe two this year as well um so yeah, yeah, really good. Um, did you vote for Tonyan yourself, or did you have anyone else in mind? Because there's been a few guys that have, I would say, overachieved this year. Uh, Tonyan was just the most voted guy. I didn't actually personally have Tonyan. I I, 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 I was actually I I, I had Philip Rivers for overachiever because I thought he was going to be shit this year. I thought he was going to be <laughs> terrible for, for reaching a playoff game. Yeah, yeah, I hear yeah he, he looked half decent this year, which I was not expecting from a man with nine kids and, you know, look, <laughs> yeah. look really looking his age so far. So, uh, yeah, who, do, who did you have in mind? I got uh, James Robinson, the running back from uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, again, speaks to my uh, my work as a draft writer. But um, James Robinson, undrafted uh, running back. And uh, yeah, straight into the uh, Jags backfield and over a thousand yards, four and a half yards per carry. Um, really, really, really good season for a guy that was like way down uh, on my own radar this time last year in terms of draft stock and everything. And to, yeah, a guy when you're undrafted and you can put up uh, those kind of numbers, and really, it, really good. It's breakout seasons like that that actually hurt the bigger running backs when it comes to contract time because they can say, well, hold on. They went and got this guy for peanuts, and we saw it with uh, Lindsay as well, Philip Lindsay in Denver. Yeah, very similar, aren't they? Yeah, looked absolutely fantastic, undrafted. It, you know, it, they, definitely a great actually shout for overachiever. I think maybe deserves it even more than Robert Tonyan at this point, uh, given that. But <laughs> I, I just think Robert Tonyan's got the wins under his belt and made more crucial yeah. plays. So, yeah, it was. I think James Robinson's actually probably probably an honourable mention. Definitely the run, deserves the runner-up spot at least. That yeah, that's a fantastic call there. But uh, we're not going to go with underachiever. That's going to be on the, the uh, defensive side of the ball. But let's talk. Oh, good, about... I'm ready for that. I, there's a list of underachievers this year, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think I think my man Clyde edwards hilaire is definitely an honourable mention for that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about most promising team. And this team got a lot of votes, and I think purely because it's their defense, and that's Washington football team. I think they're one or two mm. good players away from, you know, a winning record and being a legit playoff team rather than an NFC least playoff team. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I that, mean, I, the, 
the old losing record in a playoff thing always kind of, they were still like they're they're strong playoff team the way that they built on this season as well though there's a difference between this Washington team how they ended the season and how they began it for sure but yeah defensively really hard to argue against them and been tough to play tough to play yeah I've been championing Deron Payne all season because despite not being a stat stuffer he is constantly disrupting the line and that gives guys like you know Chase Young the ability to get open and you know Ryan Kerrigan, stuff like that. This team defensively has been fantastic and they've had some bright spots on offense. They've obviously had uh, Gibson, the the rookie running back, and they've had... Is it Gibson? I might be wrong there. Anyway, and they've obviously had, you know, they've had troubles with Haskins and stuff, but then they've had some great wide receivers in there and just the, the team... Yeah. The team feels like they're destined for bigger things. And I think Riverboat Ron might be the guy to get. Definitely. Yeah. And you think about what he's gone through this year. Another like good case to be made for coach of the year with everything he's overcome in his, his life off the field, the, uh, the cancer scare that he had, everything that they had to deal with as an organization preseason with, they weren't called the Washington football team this time last year. Um, it's a whole lot that they've had to change and they've and it must like affect you an organization and to go out and to to win a division yes the weakest in football but it's there to be won Especially- and uh, like you said that d-line i think all of them across that d-line are all former first round draft picks now so that's that speaks to what they can do on that d-line as a quarterback how pants and must it be to have Deron Payne, Chase Young, Montez Sweat bearing down on you every single you can send free with those guys and you're almost going to get a pressure or a sack or a quarterback case. Sweat was such unreal. good value at the time and to add Chase Young to it as well and they that shows the turnaround as well they were able to get Chase Young because they went 3-13 and 13 this time last season and uh, yeah to turn it around Really, really, really good. And as you say, offensively, the receiving core is really good. Like Sir Terry McLaurin, they couldn't have asked for much more out of him. Um, Calvin Harmon, who's been injured a lot of the year, but he can come back next year and he's going to give them, he'll give them something extra as well. Yeah, there's there's stuff to build on. And uh, yeah, really, really uh, worthy of this, uh, of this award. Yeah, and like you said, as an organisation, they've had to deal with so much. Even at the beginning of the season, just after the name change and stuff, they've had to deal with all the allegations against Dan Snyder and all these things. But And then Dwayne Haskins going out uh, to a strip club when his coach is immunocompromised. You know, the, the team has had a lot of issues, but Riverboat Ron has stood stood in there with that team and really made certain of. And I think next year they can have a winning record if they get the quarterback position fixed, especially Terry McLaurin's a number one receiver at any single team in the NFL. So, you know, with, with uh, a proper quarterback, which, you know, maybe, maybe they get like a Zach Wilson or something in this draft and they start building. I, I think the Washington football team is definitely looking uh, better days ahead, especially after the last couple of years they've had, but let's move on to, the best offensive unit, as we're talking about the most promising team who's got a stout defense, let's talk about the best offensive unit. And this one was very, very close. Uh, but Buffalo Bills edged it. What an explosive offense. I mean, the yep. running game isn't quite there, but Kansas City don't have a running game either. Even adding Le'Veon Bell, they've looked poor running the ball. So I think Buffalo Bills take it. Stefan Diggs, absolutely exceptional receiver. Dawson Knox, a guy who I was super high on, has just, you know, exceeded expectations. Yeah, I was as well. Yeah, really good. Really yeah. good tie-in. Cole Beasley, who we mentioned at the beginning of the season, he's been phenomenal. And uh, let's let's not forget all the other guys who've been going in there making catches, like, uh, probably shouldn't forget their name. That's not good. Is it John Brown? I think it's another one of their receivers who, who, who's had some good times. Or is it Zay Jones? Um I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that speaks that speaks to how how much uh, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen have really stolen the show there in in Buffalo though and it, it despite the game against Indianapolis a week ago it feels like there's not a team they can't score on and there's not a game that they can't win because as long as there's time on that clock mm. and you give that ball back to Josh Allen it seems like they can do something. Uh 
we will give a shout out though to Kansas City Chiefs. They also have an incredibly explosive offense. Guys like Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and you know, even Sammy yeah, Watkins, who you know struggled with injury a lot. When he manages to stay healthy, he's an absolutely impressive receiver for them. You know, former first round pick himself. Uh, but Buffalo, you know, ran away with it this season, and you know, I don't think people expected him to be this good. Uh, I think people, you know, still had the mm-hmm. the old rhetoric in their head that Bills got Cam Newton. You know, they're going to do good, and they're probably going to keep the Bills out of the playoffs. But all power to the Bills, and I still have them as my Super Bowl favorites. Personally, I I, I still think they win the Super Bowl. I think they can beat, you know. Packers, who I think are going to be a team that's there, I think it's inevitable, given how good Rodgers has played this season. But I think I think Bills Packers a good matchup, and I think that's a matchup the Bills win because despite their offense being super explosive and a lot of fun, they got defense to back it up as well. Yeah, yeah, their D line and and their secondary really really top yeah top stuff. And you're right, offensively, well worth a, well worth this award. They got I think I don't. Th- I think people knew what they were getting in Stefan Diggs but to hit the ground running, so to speak, the way he has as quickly as he has and to gel with Josh Allen. Yeah, it's been really, really impressive. Really good. Yeah, well, Josh Allen has uh, 46 combined touchdowns this season, um, yeah. pa- passing and rushing, but they've only punted the ball 43 times, which is a, <laughs> a similar stat to Aaron Rodgers, actually. But it just goes to show that th- this dude's in his third year and he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's, he still runs the ball a, a reasonable amount, but when you're six foot six, 250, you can sort of just bowl dudes over and makes quarterback sneaks a lot easier when you're, you're, you're longer than three, four yards. So, yeah, just, just absolutely phenomenal for them this season. And, a team that actually surprised me, but great segue. Biggest surprise this season. Um, we've gone with Cleveland Browns. I did yep. not expect this. And the victory over the Steelers just caps it off. And to quote Poo Poo Smith Schuster or whatever the, what, what we call them <laughs> in Cleveland? Doo Doo <laughs> Smith Poop. Yeah. No. Doo-doo shit poopster, I believe, is the Sayot line. Um, To quote him, I thought Browns were going to be the Browns. I thought they were just, you know, as an organisation, they were going to be in perpetual struggle. Uh, But the Browns are always a team I've liked. Everyone loves an underdog story. And I I think they've sort of galvanised everyone this season. And and after really thrashing the hell out of the Steelers, I think the Browns are America's team at this point. They might be worldwide team at this point, just for beating the Steelers so impressively. Uh, but yeah, they really surprised me this season. Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Chubb and Hunt out of the backfield. You've got David Njoku, Austin Hooper. The list goes on. You On the defensive side of the ball, you've got Denzel Ward, Phillips, Williams, Delpit. I know some of these guys are injured. Miles Garrett is probably the best de- defensive player in the league. He has been for a long time. So this Cleveland team is really unstoppable. And the crazy thing, they lost their number one receiver and got better. And when has the team ever done that before? It's just yeah. you know, when the when the wide receiver one is Odell Beckham. <laughs> yeah, good point. We we seen what he did at the Giants, but yeah, I I think maybe he was a little bit of a distraction this season, and they lost him, and the, the team's just really. I know they haven't looked different, but they've just looked better um, after losing him. So may, maybe he's on the way out. They get another number one receiver because guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones has, has stepped in and looked fantastic. And obviously Jarvis Landry's always been an exceptional wide receiver. That's another one for NFL SU fans out there. You know, yeah. Did you have sort of maybe uh, another team that was the biggest surprise this season for yourself? I think Washington, who we've already covered, um, for the first half of the season, I would have said Carolina, but their Panthers season really went away. They're probably not helped by injuries. Obviously, we've mentioned Christian McCaffrey, but um, yeah, I'll back I'll back up the Browns for the, this award easily. Yeah, um, I agree. You think that the Browns are going to be the Browns, and especially being uh, paired up with the Steelers in the playoffs, it still has never felt like this season that they've had the Steelers number like that when they were on a roll, the Steelers absolutely um, trounced them in regular season. Um, but they were up for it in this playoff game and all those names that you mentioned on either side of the ball that they've, they've got a team now and they've got a course back that can, can win. That's always been an issue for them. The amount of time since the year 2000 that they've 
drafted and signed and started different quarterbacks and now they've got one that they can rely on that can win them games that can win them big games and now they find themselves uh, in the playoffs uh, on the road to the reigning champs and it's yeah. not an accident this team is built to win now Baker's really got that mentality as well I made this point point to uh, Sean Blundell one of our NFL colleagues that I said I don't think any other quarterback from that draft class can do this. I don't think they had the attitude to completely change the culture. When would there yeah. be a time in history where Odell Beckham Jr. would be pumped to go to a team with a losing <laughs> record after, after you know, sort of cement himself as this big, braggadocious uh, wide receiver? Uh, and he really did. Baker Mayfield changed the culture. And as good as Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson and, you know, not really Sam Darnold, uh, but as good as these guys were, I don't think anyone could have changed the culture the way Baker Mayfield did. And, you know, hats off to them. They've looked fantastic. Another team that I think uh, could have also yeah. maybe won this award but for a negative reason, be the New England Patriots. The, you know, biggest surprise. I thought they were going to actually be good this season and they have not looked good mm. at all. So, yeah, highs, highs and lows on that one. We'll give oh. the runner-up to the terrible Patriots. Highs and lows for you, Kieran, yeah. <laughs> you know, with a starting quarterback who throws, what, six touchdowns all season? Six passing touchdowns? And, like, ten picks? Yeah, it was fun for me to watch. Great. I nearly, You know, I nearly went back to drinking. Yeah. That's, that's what we had, had with us. Uh, <laughs> yes. But also... The Browns are involved in our next award, and that is best game of the year. And they had an absolute barn burner with the Razor oh, yeah. this season. My God, yeah, this got this got my vote. Yeah, was this Monday Night Football? Did this sort of remind you of the Battle of LA that the Chiefs and um, Rams had a couple of years ago? Yeah, def. Well, yeah, that one was a little bit more backwards and forwards. The second half of this game was really interesting because the Ravens in the middle part of the game were starting to move away with it. And then the Browns, I think they had, I think it was something like a 22 or a 24 point fourth quarter to just really start to grind it back. And um, yeah, nearly, nearly pulled off that comeback. But um, yeah, 47, 42, wasn't it to the Ravens on a, on a Monday night? I decided I was going to stay up and watch it because it was a divisional rivalry game and yeah, it was it was such a good game, and I, I instantly thought of it when we were uh, nominating for these awards. I couldn't really think of a game that came close. Yeah, it was proof to me that say what you want about Baker Mayfield being a game manager, he can go out there and he can win a shootout, which is actually what gives me confidence uh, with them against Kansas City, because no matter what the score is, Baker Mayfield's going to go out there and he's going to keep firing. They had a game like this with Cincinnati as well. Mm. earlier in the season and you know say what you want that, that was an incredible game as well last minute touchdown to donovan people's jones deep 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 from like 40 yards i think it's absolutely fantastic and uh you know very similar situation in what leads us on to best offensive play of the year now this is probably a foregone conclusion but uh, i think it's the hale murray uh versus the bills to uh mm, yes deandre yeah. hopkins in the end how did he catch it? He it's, had four yeah. guys on him. It's everything about that play, like well, at the game, how it ended the game itself, because the Bills had just won the game. As far as the, everyone was concerned, they threw a touchdown to Diggs. They just won the game. And um, yeah, out came the Cardinals. They throw this Hail Mary, and it speaks to DeAndre Hopkins as a receiver. It's It's like you say, it's the people covering him not just any Hail Mary, it's the, these, these guys that he went up and beat. Trey White, the other the safeties in the Bills secondary, these are two or three like Pro Bowl talents. And Hopkins went up there and beat them, beat them all. Uh, yeah, and Trey White's one of the best corners in the league. I, I mean, he's up there with guys like JC Jackson, Xavier Howard and Stephane Gilmore. Yes, two Patriots in that list, I know. But uh, he, he he's one of the, you know, premier corners in the league and have him guarding you one-on-one -on -one has got to be scary, but DeAndre Hopkins and I think Kyler Murray hit the nail on it on the head because at the, uh, he put a tweet out after the game and he, he, he said, you know, to heck with it. 
he's got to be there somewhere. Out there somewhere, which <laughs> yeah. I, I think perfectly exemplifies that play. He rolls out to the left, creates a bit more time, and then just uncorks one. And for a dude that small, I don't it was know how an he... amazing. Like I said, rolling to the left as well. You got to shift your body back and set your feet. It's a heck of a throw as well. Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm concentrating on the on the catch by Hopkins. It's some throw as well from Murray. I'm just surprised a dude that small can generate that much power. Uh, that's absolutely mm. f- the the. I know he's got an arm and he he can zip a ball, but just the 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 circumstances in which he did that. Yeah. You know, rolls out to the left. He's got guys bearing down on him. I like watching him scramble because he looks like a toddler who's, you know, been caught with something they shouldn't be. It's hilarious to watch him run around in the pocket out there. I say that. I'm the exact same height as him. So, uh, I, uh, you know, you see him rush out to the left. There's guys bearing down on him. And at the last second, he just unleashes a heck of a ball. And my God. My, they are, it was phenomenal. And I, I think uh, we should give an honourable mention, though. Rojo with a 98-yard touchdown run against the Panthers yeah. uh, early this season. My God, because people were sort of doubting. I think that was actually the week they signed Leonard Fournette. Uh, and people were like, yeah. Ronald Jones's position. And he said, Do you know what? Let me just uh, bring up my average yards per carry real quick. Uh, so you guys might have to look at me as uh, running back one and you know it was a fantastic run and once he hit that second level there was no stopping him he he high stepped out of one tackle and then it was he was gone moved away didn't he moved away from everyone love love when you can pull off a big play like that in a big divisional rivalry game as well that adds it always adds to it yeah really really good it, it was just you know I love watching guys do stuff like that it, it, it's a lot of fun it, it, and it, it's always fun. We saw Derek Henry do it a year. Was it last year? Derek Henry pulled off a 98 yard touchdown run. It might've been the year before that, but Derek Henry does that. And it, it it's yeah, I think fun. it was. Yeah. The 99 yarder. It's always fun when you see a guy hit the second level, uh, especially running backs and the guys who've got that extra gear and they hit yeah. it and they're gone. We see it with Alvin Kamara as well, but he, he sort of reminds me of Randy Moss in the, the way he runs. Cause he looks like he's jogging but he's still outrunning everyone on yeah. the field. So very impressive from Ronald Jones. And another yeah. one. Yeah. Another guy I want to shout out, AJ Brown uh, caught a touchdown from Ryan Tannehill last week. My God, what a catch. The dude just, I, I'm pretty sure his hand, he's using stickum. He's got to be, <laughs> he's got to yeah. be. Cause he, he just puts a paw up there and he comes down with a ball. So, yeah. you know, a lot of fun plays this year. Do you think we see anything as impressive as that uh, Hail Mary in, in the uh, coming no, weeks? The that, no, that's the one. That's the one, isn't it? I, he, plays, offensive plays are going to, like there is going to be a, like room for offensive plays like that in um, in the playoffs. But um, yeah, not nothing like that. Um, yeah, like I say, to do it against such a good secondary as well, I think makes the play even more better. Yeah, because I I think DeAndre Hopkins. I think there were four guys on him. It's know. who it is as well. Like I said, Trey White, Micah Hyde was one of the safeties. He's solid, solid safety. Oh, um, he's phenomenal. Yeah, and yeah, he's not just going out there and mossing like undrafted rookies. These are like Pro Bowl caliber players, and that just makes it so impressive. Yeah. It- you know, we've we've seen some of the catches he's made, and he's been good even when he had guys like Tom Savage and AJ McCarron throw into him. So uh, that speaks yeah. to who he is as a receiver to be that consistent. And I, I think uh, last year he had a great catch against the Texans where he caught it almost between his legs and then passed it from yeah. his backhand up into his hand and landed. But obviously, there was a flag on the play, which, which meant uh, the play came back. But that's one of the most impressive catches I've ever seen uh, in the NFL. Uh, but that is all today. Hey guys, uh, from the offensive awards, me and Liam will be back next week with the defensive side of the ball. And we got some fun awards. See if there's anyone dressed more ridiculous than Cam Newton this year in the NFL. But I'm going to hand it over to Liam so he can give you his socials and plug anything he has coming out soon. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Liam66NFL. Loads of NFL stuff, college stuff, anything to do with full 10 yards college football. Now that the college football season is over, we're going full draft mode. So anyone that wants to know about future draft picks, 
um we're going to be putting out a load of stuff i've got prospect threads so that's anyone that's interested in a draft or fantasy for next year and you want to know who's going to be good and when and who at what position that's yeah that's the place to go liam 66 nfl and i am at dccyt football on twitter i will probably be changing that soon i'm a bit it's a bit of a ridiculous name at this point bit long-winded to give out uh but yeah we we got some very special draft stuff coming for you give a shout out to the uh college football boys lee wakefield uh wakefield 90 uh andy moore is aj moore 21 and ff brit baller that's rob grimwood uh but from this episode of kieran's corner we will see you in the next one kick it and go kick it and kick it and go Hello, we're the Stephon, the Moon, the Zone, Scott, Scott, the Salah.